Welcome back to Ravens Recap. The Ravens took the Packers down to the wire with 29 players out for the game for either injury or COVID. And they lost in a heartbreaking, dramatic, very Raven-esque way, 31-30. to And joining us is Patrick, who was unable to make it for the preview show, but offered to come on and help us recap it. Hey, what's up, guys? Nice to be here. Uh, first time on the program, long-time listener, um, and uh, I am a Packers fan, one of the many in the Maryland area. I was so lucky to be born into a family that supports the Packers. Um, my dad actually is a Redskins fan, excuse me, Washington football team fan, and uh, at an early age, I said, that looks really painful, um, and luckily, my <laughs> mom's side of the family were all Packers fans, so I uh, hopped right on that train, so here we are. That was nice. a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I certainly don't regret it. You know, um, I, I've had Hall of Fame quarterback play my entire life, whereas the uh, football team can't uh, can't seem to do much right. So it sounds like your brother is the one who makes bad decisions, not uh, not you. That is correct. Yes, yes. <laughs> you might remember that Kevin joined us for the uh, Washington football team preview last season. So <laughs> he's been enduring pain for for years. And Patrick's actually being kind of. Uh, modest he's also an owner of the packers i am an owner um for all of you packers fans out there go buy a share they're still uh still still on the market uh go pay your 300 bucks do your part and go go help fund something cool at lambo so as a as a shareholder is there anything you have aside from just a, a stake in the team because i know you can't sell it uh i got a real cool plaque oh, okay okay uh, that I made myself that displays my share. So uh, no, there, there's there's not there's really no benefits. I guess I can go to the shareholder shareholder meeting every August, do like the Lambo tour and stuff. Uh, I think I get my uh, a flag on the map for where my house is. Um, but other than that, yeah, no, no benefit aside from being able to refer to myself constantly as a Green Bay Packers owner. It's an email signature. Or just call myself an NFL owner and. Um, compare myself to the greats like jerry jones that's always fun (laughs) oh man patrick i appreciate you uh laying up the mood i know ravens fans everywhere they're either happy with what the ravens were able to pull off in this game or uh wanting to fire the whole coaching staff and trade them for draft picks Uh, (laughs) what fire the coaching staff what in the world could have happened yesterday to make people want to do that uh what did happen? What did happen? <laughs> Should we just start off talking about the very end? I feel like, I feel like that is the oh, conversation man. that everyone wants to have. Sure, why not? It's the big talking point. Sure. The Ravens made the right choice. So moving on, we can talk about Tyler Huntley's performance in this game. Uh, he played pretty well. <laughs> we can actually unpack it, though. Obviously, the moment we're talking about is... The moment where the Ravens, after being down two touchdowns late in the fourth quarter, were able to rally back and come within one point of the Packers with 42 seconds left to play. And instead of kicking an extra point and risking giving the ball back to Aaron Rodgers with 40 seconds, giving the Packers, quite honestly, quite a bit of clock time to be able to go there and at least get into field goal range, Harbaugh opted to go yet again for two. And it did not work. Questionable play call, uh, despite the fact that Marquise Brown was open um, as definitely not the primary read on that play, Um, at least not how Tyler Huntley sold it, at least. 
And the Ravens lose 31 to 30 as they had no timeouts left, no way of getting the ball back. And Ravens fans, understandably, uh, have a lot of opinions on whether or not that was the right call. I think, at least for the three of us, we believe that it was, but I still think it's good to to talk about that. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll, maybe we'll convince some people because I was surprised to see that a vast majority of the fan base seems to be against it. Certainly not everyone, but the decision was not popular among the Ravens fan base from what I have seen so far. Yeah. I mean, it's all over the place, man. I've been thinking about this one a lot. It's, you know, I, I feel like with the injuries, Right now, the last thing that the Ravens need is to play more than 60 minutes of football. You're just risking more players getting hurt, and we like we're, we're just at a point where you can't you can't afford to do that anymore. I mean, we're already you know uh, six out of the seven corners we went in into the beginning of the season were not playing in this game. Anthony Averett was the only guy left standing. Behind that, you have um, guys that we picked up off the street. I've been on the practice squad for a couple of weeks at most. You know, I mean, it got to the point when uh, when Phillips went down on the offensive line, we didn't know who's going to take up a spot. We couldn't remember who the other tackle was because all of the other guys were were not playing or were hurt. So, like from an injury perspective, I I feel like I I think it was the right call. You know, from an analytics perspective, I think there's an interesting angle we can talk about in the second of that. You know, whether the Ravens should have gone for two earlier. Um, I think that's legitimate. I think we should talk about that in a second. But, you know, at the at the end of the day, man, you just got to win the game. You know, we've seen the Ravens lose in positions like this too often. I mean, it's just you go back to the, the Christmas game against Pittsburgh. The Ravens were up. They let the Steelers get back into that game and then win it. The 2017 game, they were up a fourth and 11. They complete that pass to Tyler Boyd, get the touchdown, they win that game, right? 2018, I mean, you just go year after year after year, like the Ravens being up and relying on defense to make a stand, and they haven't been able to make it. Now, this defense is different, but, I mean, when you're going against Aaron Rodgers, just, you know, he he's he's a guy who can make that play at any point in time, right? I mean, you know, one really, you know, another big play, 2018, that game against the Chiefs, where Mahomes just throws that ball up to Tyreek Hill and then gets behind Weddle and Mosley and Jimmy Smith and everybody. I mean, like, Rodgers can make that play easy to anybody on that team. And when you're talking about, like, you know, your eighth and ninth string cornerbacks, like, come on, you just... <laughs> <laughs> like, you need to get out and win that game as soon as possible. And I don't buy it. Like, if, if you want to play for overtime with the full squad, that's fine. Like, I get that. But you got to see what's on the field here. And it's just we can't afford to do that. So that's kind of where I stand. Before I talk about it, Patrick, as a Packers fan who's seen Aaron Rodgers for years, were you worried with 42 seconds for down football that you guys would be able to go down and score against our secondary? Mm, yeah, I was. I mean, like you guys have the best special teams team in the league, like bar none. Like Justin Tucker is the kicking god of all time. So like from coming from a Packers fan who has the 32nd ranked special teams, no, I, I have no confidence that Mason Crossbar will get anything past the 30-yarder. And even then, I'm nervous. So, I mean, like, no. no. I mean, like, I think Rodgers would get us down the field. But who's to say that we would have kicked that field goal and made it? And um, I, I don't think you want to give Justin Tucker any opportunity. I mean, you saw Duvernay had many good returns yesterday, partially because our, our special teams are so garbage. I mean, you get a 
35-yard run back. All you need is 15 yards and Justin Tucker's in field goal range. So, no, I, 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 was, I was worried, to be quite frank. I mean, once you guys went for two, I knew what you guys were doing just because the secondary is so depleted. But I, I questioned that decision, too. I mean, Justin Tucker, best in the game. You know he's going to hit that. And that, that you, you have half the field, basically, as for points. So that, that's almost an unfair advantage. But, yeah, I mean, I think your defensive line was getting pressure towards the end of the game. I think you could have potentially held off Rodgers for a few downs. But, I mean, the, the problem with the Packers is we're too balanced of an offense where you, you play Rodgers where you're giving up the run. We have A.J. Dillon. And Aaron Jones running the ball, so it's a kind of a pickle. Uh, so I, I totally get it. And I mean, you look at you look at the play calling around the league as a whole. There's, there's kind of be a, a saber metrics of football, if you will, with Brandon Staley, particularly in LA. Um, he's been going on fourth downs in very unconventional situations. So I think the math checks out. I think you go for that play, but it's just a situation where if you make it, you're a hero, and if you don't, you're the villain. So I mean, John Harbaugh's just had a couple of weeks where he's. Not looking too good to the public, but I mean, he's still a great coach. I mean, compare the teams like we're both decimated with injuries, but y'all held up for four qu- four quarters with, by one point. I mean, that that's impressive. I mean, down a quarterback, down your entire secondary, like that's that's hard to do against the Packers. So by all means, props to the Ravens. I loved it, man. This game made me so confident about the team, not just this year, but going forward, to be honest with you, which I know is like not the take that any other Ravens fan seems to be taking right now. But I was just like, man, if they're able to put this together, with this ragtag team, if they have just a season of normal injury and just keep, you know, constructing a team like this, we're going to be competitive and really good for years to come. So that's really good. Like we did so much with so little in that secondary. But the big thing that I think was missed by everyone who's saying like, oh, the defense was playing well is the change to four down football and the fact that the Packers were actively trying to kill the clock. They were not trying to go down and score. They were running the ball like imbeciles. I honestly think if you guys didn't try to run the ball all game long, you would have smoked us because you had no problem passing the ball, all things considered. You missed a couple of throws. I, I, I disagree <laughs> with that. I, I think I think Matt LaFleur's offense, just like Shanahan, just like uh, McVay, all, all these offenses are predicated on play action. And unless you actually run the ball, it's just not going to work that effectively. I mean, especially if you have two good running backs, like use them by all means, like wear down that defensive line, make them contain. And then that just gives Aaron Rodgers what in nickel formation instead of dime, get one more, one less defender off the field and or, or out of the secondary. And that's going to make him much more efficient. I guess my thought on that is that you weren't able to effectively run. Like I don't, I wasn't concerned. Like whenever you guys ran the ball, I was happy. I, I felt like our run defense has been super solid lately. So I thought that was like the trap. The trap was, Think that you can run, get yourself into an ideal third down, don't convert, and then we get the ball back. That's and that was like literally my like key to the game, and that's exactly what happened to keep the Ravens in it uh, for many many um, possessions. But to go back to the two point conversion, my only complaint, and I think I talked about it at the bar. We were all watching the game together for the first time all year. It was so nice. <laughs> um, but I was like, guys, like, why aren't we going for two the first time? And it's even more peculiar because they had this whole like. Uh, wired for Harbaugh and he went over to Huntley before they even scored the first touchdown and it's like we're gonna go score two touchdowns and on the second one we're gonna go for two and we're gonna go win the game and I was like why the second one <laughs> why not the first one and then you can fix it in the second uh, if you if you make if you miss like you at least give yourself the opportunity so that felt like a huge L uh, for the guy who went for it on uh, with nine minutes left last week because he could, had the foresight to see, like, oh, you need more information sooner. 
I, I'm very surprised he didn't go for it earlier. But I guess uh, overall, I mean, I'm just so happy that they tried to win the game for all the reasons you guys said. I, I think it was also a must win from a divisional perspective. Like it's just too tight of a race to play for anything less. Like, like you have to win that game if you want to stay in the hunt, in my opinion. They can still, they have to win next week. That's the real one now. But I mean, yeah, if they won this, obviously it makes it a lot easier going into next week. Um, it's not as big of a deal, but our, one of our listeners, Thomas, he asked us, you know, with the, the Ravens only being two for eight this year on two point conversions. And both of those, by the way, being in the Colts game where they were absolutely necessary in order to come back and win. Is the analytics still on your side? And my take on that is it's too small of a sample size to really say much of anything. Obviously, you know, one or two of these swing and then you're 50 50 and you're like, oh, that's normal. Right. Uh, so I, I can't really uh, comment on that. I will say like the play design, which a lot of Ravens fans have been upset about. I can agree. wasn't great because even though Hollywood was open the way it's set up, I mean, he's just reading the leverage that Mark Andrews is able to generate. And the second he thinks he has a window, he's going to throw it. So he's like watching that so closely and he's, but by the time he decided to throw it, Hollywood wasn't even in his field of view, even though he was open because he, he was looking at Andrews. So like, I don't know, like, I think it was just a bad design. I think boots are really good for short yardage in the middle of the field. But when you have the condensed field already on the, uh, you know, depth axis, it really hurts you um, to limit yourself to just like a quarter of the field while you're booting out. I, I didn't like that too much. Yeah, it was definitely very different from the play against the Steelers where that one they were definitely relying on misdirection and kind of taking advantage of the pass rush that the Steelers were generating and were just like this close to making like it was the right play call at the right situation, you know, despite other (laughs) Roman haters, I think not calling that I think, you know, uh, strategically, it definitely was. Whereas this one. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Like, it felt a little bit more confusing, just more limited in the options. and We weren't really taking advantage of anything that the Packers were doing. It was more of just like, we know that Andrews can beat you, and you know we're going to rely on that, basically, over all of our other weapons. I was frustrated, too, because I was saying at the bar, they call Andrews into the huddle to help like, with the play-calling decision. He like comes over to the main huddle with the rest of the offense, leaves early, and is like lined up, and I was just, I just felt to me like oh he was eager to get the ball, you know like he knew like they they drew it up for him, he's gonna go w- win us the game, and I don't know for whatever reason it just felt super telegraphed to me as a Ravens fan, and, and hopefully not to the Packers, but I assume to the Packers too. Like they're gonna go to this man, like <laughs> he's been doing it for him all game. They're gonna go to the well one more time, and yeah, it just didn't work out. But I feel bad for you if you're one of my friends on Facebook who was hating on the decision because I felt like obligated. To- to come into your mentions and be like, hello, here's my contrarian take. Um, and I think I actually convinced somebody in the process, believe it or not. It felt really nice. I was like, it wasn't in vain. <laughs> That's good. Well, I think Chris brought up a great point here. And I think this also goes back to the question. Um, listener T. Bama brings up a great point. The Ravens, with the exception of one game, have not converted on this play. At the same time, though, I think that the Ravens are in a situation where they're going to need to draw up some plays that have a high success rate in this situation. It's very interesting. The two-point conversion play against Cleveland and the one they drew up this past week against Green Bay, the fact that those were the wrong calls, everyone in the Ravens fan base can can agree with that. <laughs> it's like whether whatever side you're on on whether or not the Ravens should have gone for it, I haven't met anyone who was just like, yeah, that was the right the right play call to do in that situation. So you got to wonder why why are they even running it? You're running a, a, 
basically having Andrews post up on on the cornerback in the back of the end zone when he's far out wide as receiver, this guy's been dominating the middle of the field all game. And not only has he been dominating the middle of the field all game, the the Packers haven't been able to stop Tyler Huntley whenever he runs up the middle either. So it was very confusing why they didn't attack the area of the field where they were having a huge amount of success in that game to me. But I, I think at the same time, like, and Alec, you said you were able to convince someone. I think Ravens fans are slowly either understanding or are in denial of what the state of this team is. In just a, a couple of weeks, this team has gone from, you know, a team that just, if both sides of the ball come to play, they're probably going to win. But now, all of a sudden, this team has probably too many injuries to feel comfortable with. And at the same time, get, dealing with some COVID cases there's just not enough depth on this team. There was really no other decision that they had than to go for it right there. Alec brought up a great point. Uh, You know, the Ravens were able to stop the Packers uh, on the previous two times they had the football in that game, but you look at where they were. Short field on the first one after the failed fourth down attempt early in the game in the Ravens' territory, that played right into the Ravens' defensive strengths with who was out there, the, the front seven. On, in that short condensed field, it didn't matter that, you know, you had the beat up secondary there. There was no big play to give up. So that played into the Ravens' um, favor. And then, like like Alex said, the drive before the Ravens got the ball and were able to get what should have been the game-tying touchdown, the Packers were just trying to do ball control while the Ravens were trying to get the ball back. The momentum was in their favor there. But I think, you know, if the, the Packers get the ball back there and they have to go down the field to to get the win, which is what it would have been if the Ravens had converted the two-point conversion. Rodgers had no issues with the short to intermediate passes that game. Deep ball was off for Rodgers yesterday. Maybe that was because of his toe. Maybe it wasn't. But in the second half, the Packers had no issues carving up the Ravens' secondary when they were given a full field to work with. There's no doubt in my mind that the Packers would have gotten at least into field goal range. But then, like Patrick was saying, then you're putting the game... Uh, on the leg of, of Crosby. And as I said on Twitter, I honestly think, even though Harbaugh hasn't explicitly said this, I think that's what they were thinking. The best ch- out- the outcome for the Ravens that was the best in their favor, given all the circumstances that was going on at that point, was to go up one. You got 40 seconds left. Rodgers could score a touchdown, but that's still not too much game time, even for Rodgers. And you want to gamble on the leg of, of a kicker who's had a great career, but has been inconsistent this year. I don't like it. I don't think it sounds like it's something where the Ravens have a great shot, but I think it's the best avenue. And I, I think just as fans, we just got to adjust to understanding, like, if Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey is are healthy, you kick the extra point because you have full confidence that those guys can lock down Adams and, and MVS and give you a great shot to get the ball back in overtime. But with Robert Jackson and... Geno Stone, who, and Geno Stone did play a good game, but he's still, you know, not to the same caliber of the guys who are out. I, I personally haven't been able to be convinced yet that that the Ravens would have been able to stop the Packers uh, a third time, personally. Yeah, that's, at the end of the day, man, that's just, that's all it is. Like, the, the numbers have to adjust when you're out, all of your blue chip players, right? And we are. <laughs> you can't You can't keep making, like, the next man up, only applies so much 
like right. yeah the ravens are playing Eventually great like no doubt we'll, we'll talk we'll <laughs> talk i mean we'll talk about how like really proud i mean personally i know i'm really proud of this team for continuing to compete despite everything that's gone on but at some point like yeah those losing all those players is a competitive disadvantage and when you're in that position you have to be aggressive and find any avenue you can to be able to make the winning blow and that was like that's why we go for two-point conversions or why we go on fourth down so many tries is to try to sneak a play here or there for a competitive advantage to try and you know just just get that final knockout blow because the ravens just they're not equipped right now for a heavyweight fight right they they can't go toe to toe for a million rounds to try and knock somebody out they got to like get one little punch in there to be able to just win it you know in in regulation so yeah, I, I mean, anyway, I feel like anyone who thinks otherwise, just like guys, you're not paying attention. <laughs> like you don't. Like, can you name all the players on the team? If you can't, then like that's why. Like, we need to do this because you don't know who's playing. You don't know who's playing. You don't know how good they are or how bad they are. You have to do this. You know. We should play a quick game of current Ravens player or made up guy. <laughs> we I might be able you, to fool some people. <laughs> The whole thing, too, is just like the secondary. You had a significant amount of snaps played by people who have not been in the building more than a week. <laughs> I mean, the fact that they did anything right is incredible, to be honest with you. And I think we should go in and talk about how this defense performed, because honestly, like all things considered, I think that was probably the better performance in a way. Uh, I, I'm really proud of how the offense played, but I felt like the defense, all things considered, just held held everyone's uh you know cash game lock of Devonta Adams to 44 yards. Uh he did have a touchdown but you know 44 yards is not much for an all-pro wide receiver. And they like legitimately just doubled him, which apparently uh threw them for a loop. They never seen anyone legitimately just throw two corners on him. <laughs> not just a bracket, just like two corners. So, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, yeah, and again like, you know, relative grading scale, right? I mean, I'm not happy that the Ravens let up four touchdowns to Aaron Rodgers. Like, you know, that's not great. I wish you were a lot less than that. But, um, yeah, relative grading scale, right, of, of given the the circumstances, I thought they did play really well. Dude, I got to say, Geno Stone, uh, the – I mean, I, I talked about this when we were watching the game at the bar. Like, you know, I mean, we cut him last year in, you know, mid-2020. He ended up with the Texans for a little bit and then was able to make his way back to the Ravens. I mean – the, the fact that that happened and then he's leading all the way back and then has been a good role player and he goes from I believe like he had played 17% of the snaps in a game max prior to this week and then goes plays 100% of snaps and wears the green dot and is handling all the communications um, I mean I don't know about you guys I don't think we had a single breakdown in coverage this game I mean, there were clearly like you know there's some passes that coverage wasn't great I know Stone was out of position in a few plays but no breakdowns for a guy who's never called plays <laughs> in a Ravens uniform. I mean, that's that's fantastic. I mean, you can't you can't get any better than that. I want to hear uh, Patrick's reaction to how the Packers offense uh, did yesterday before I give my comment. Y'all played well. Y'all y'all had the game script going for you. I mean, like you said, Devonta had forty four yards, which is kind of nuts. I mean, he's 
playing against some fourth stringers, you'd think he'd be better than that. Brennan John Harbaugh, I mean, him and Wink, that's why the Ravens have been good for so long. It's just consistently good coaching and be able to bring in dudes off the street and do that is simply amazing. Um, but I mean, the offense, we had a fine game. I mean, Rodgers, Rodgers had a couple of big milestones. First of all, tying Brett Favre for the Packers uh, touchdown lead at 442 and also tying um, having uh, Devontae Adams tie Joey Nelson for the uh, most amount of touchdowns called by Rodgers at 65. Uh, but I mean, we, we looked, we looked fine. I mean, the, I, I'm more worried about the, the offensive line. You guys were measuring injuries earlier. The Packers have been decimated this year too. I mean, we got Bach out all year. Eldon Jenkins is out now. So half, of our offensive lines going. I mean, Josh Myers, who our rookie co- uh, center, was playing lights out earlier in the season. He went down with injury too. So, and then just Billy Turner, even last week. So we're down four starters, and the last starter is a rookie and Royce Newman. So that that's where I'm getting concerned with. I mean, you you look at that. We're not very good in pass pro. Rodgers had to kind of get the ball out quick. You saw with a couple overthrows. Who knows that? Who knows if that is it's if that if that's his toes or just him getting rushed. And I think Matabuke and a couple other defensive players in the Ravens got some good pressure on him a couple times. I mean, you guys certainly had more sacks than we did. Uh, but I, I think credit the credit the receiver group too. I mean, MBS uh, certainly stepped up, had a big game. Um, Mercedes Lewis, our unsung hero all year, he's having a huge game, especially with blocking up front. I think him being able to chip dudes off the line and, and still getting open for those short yardage receptions from Rodgers, I mean, that island's huge. So I think, I think it's Matt LaFleur's scheming. I mean, knowing that Rodgers has to get the ball quick and, uh, it's either run the ball with AJ Dillon, get the ball outside with Jones, or find Devontae Adams open. If he's not open, I think the rest of the receiving court can step up. But I mean, right now, it's just I'm more worried about injuries to the line than anything else. You know, Box supposed to be back soon, but uh, who knows from there. Yeah, I was actually surprised you guys didn't utilize Mercedes Lewis more, as has been brought up several times on this podcast. Uh, his career game was in 2017 against the Ravens, where he had four catches, 62 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Ravens don't cover him very didn't cover him very well then and honestly in the he's also 37 years old I mean the dude probably runs like a 5-0 flat 40 so I mean we, we he's a he's an extra lineman he's he was still breaking tackles catch. against the Ravens yeah. though when they whenever they threw it to him I don't think they ever brought him down on the first tackle <laughs> he was yeah uh, yeah it, does, it doesn't matter man he had that career game against Tony Jefferson who also coincidentally suited up for the first yeah, time in like three right. years for the Ravens <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, so it's interesting for me. I actually have a slightly different take on the defense. I I just don't really feel like the Ravens' defense really ever got into the Packers' head. I actually do credit, again, we're talking about the uh, decisions by the Ravens to go for it on in certain circumstances. I think the Ravens did a had a great call uh, at the beginning of the game, the first drive, going for it on fourth and goal within the five-yard line. Didn't work out, but what the Ravens did right away was put the Packers in a spot where immediately they were at a disadvantage because of the field position, and it gave the defense, I felt, uh, a good spot to gain some confidence early on in that situation, and at the same time, show the Packers right off the gate, you guys got to respect these guys. Um, It's not going to be an easy cakewalk game, and there was some controversy over that call, but you know, the Ravens got a three and out there and had great field position, scored a touchdown on the next drive. I think that's exactly what you look at as the worst case scenario in that situation if you don't get it. Uh, so it all worked out fine. And the Ravens had an early lead in the field position game. But honestly, after that drive, though, I just I felt to me, I felt like the Packers never had an issue after that really doing what they wanted to on offense. Like, sure, they didn't smoke the Ravens defense for too many big plays. Longest rush was 11 yards, longest pass, 31-yarder to 
MVS on a busted coverage by the Ravens, but it just felt like they were having no issue doing anything in the short to, to medium range and just getting these chunk plays. And I personally think the Ravens, while they played well on a curve, I still don't think the defense played well enough to win win that game and to really get into the Packers' heads much at all, which again w- goes into why I was fi- absolutely fine with the two-point conversion call. But still, you got to credit this unit for everything that they're able to do uh, with so many guys down. Um, but unfortunately, when Tavon went down with, with his concussion, Rodgers saw that uh, Robert Jackson was lined up way too often on Devontae Adams and got some easy completions there, including I'm pretty sure both of Oh, wait, Rodgers had three touchdowns. Well, at least two of his touchdowns uh, were on Robert Jackson. Um, So that was unfortunate that Tavon got bumped out of that game because that could have... Does Rodgers still get those touchdowns if Young's in there? Probably, but having Jackson there uh, certainly made it a lot easier. The 17 on 17 was so cheeky. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Peter. I I agree with you, too. Obviously, sacks aren't everything, but... Yeah, I mean, it It felt like we really weren't, we just weren't putting Rodgers, we weren't making him uncomfortable. Like, I mean, yeah, I mean, he had some overthrows, but overall for most of the game, he kind of did what he wanted. Ravens are just sort of reacting. So it's a little bit, um, you know, a little bit disappointing, I think, over the last couple of weeks because they've been doing such a great job while Lamar's been hurt and, you know, uh, in Huntley's first game last week. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm confident they definitely will bounce back. Um, we're hoping Jimmy Smith should be back from the COVID list. Um, we'll see about Tavon. Maybe he might be back this week as well. Chris Westry as well should be back from the COVID list. I mean, I think I think those will be huge for next uh, next game. And uh, you know, individually, I thought you know a couple of guys too, like Patrick Queen, incredible. I mean, eleven solo tackles, thirteen combined. Um, he was just all over the field. He continues to to play better and better. Um, like we talked about earlier, Geno Stone uh, kind of stepping up into that starting role was really good. Chuck Clark will be back, though, hopefully, uh, again from the COVID list. So I'm looking forward to him kind of being back. Yeah, but now Justin Houston's on the COVID list. Yeah, um, though that being said, Ferguson's been getting a little bit more playing time. I think he's been looking fairly good. I will say Owe, um, you know, Owe's kind of hit a wall a little bit. Uh, he just hasn't had the same impact as he had earlier in the season. I mean, he's still generating a little bit of pressure. But um, just not having as many impact plays as I really like. There was an opportunity I think he had uh, Chase Rogers out of the pocket, but I think he was able to uh, trip down. I think, and I think Rogers was able. I don't can't remember if he was able to just escape him and cut up field for a couple yards or throw a pass or something. But that was one I'd really like the rookie to make. Um, could use a little bit more from him, but yeah, it was a little bit of regression I think in the previous weeks. But again, you're playing Aaron Rodgers, man. Like, you know, despite all the injuries they have on the offensive line, it's just you got Rodgers, you got Jones, you have Dylan, like you have Adams. Like it's it's a good offense. So, I mean, you got to grade it on a curve, I think. The league's predicated on turnovers, right? Like I, I, I didn't see any turnovers yesterday, but I think that's the only way you beat an elite quarterback like Rodgers. You've seen him in the past. You see with Brady yesterday throwing two picks. That's the only way you can beat us. I mean, and same with same with uh, their offense. The Ravens had no turnovers also. So I think one turnover could have easily swung that game. And I think that that's a lot of credit to both offenses for having that discipline to not turn the ball over because that could have easily – swung the game hugely in one favor or the other. And I, I think that that was kind of strange to me. I expected a lot of turnovers from our defense, particularly. I know Russell Douglas has had the two picks in back-to-back weeks going back a couple weeks. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we've been playing well. We've had a lot of turnovers recently. So 
for for that uh only to come in and not throw any picks not turn the ball over that's huge yeah great point yeah you guys do have an opportunity to stick defense and uh i was too gonna just say like i think the biggest thing this defense missed out on was generating a turnover and that kind of plays into your point about oa chris is that you know he made a lot of turnovers early in the season obviously they're very hard to reproduce uh they're not a they're kind of like the sack where it's uh, a little fluky in how they're how they come but uh I will say the nice thing about Owe is I think he's doing a great job, him, Queen, and Matabuke. I think they're the reason that this run defense has gotten so good the last couple of weeks, including the increased play from uh, Brandon Williams, who clearly was playing injured at this point. He's playing so much better in the second half of the season, which is like almost unheard of, you know, for a veteran to be playing better near the end of the year than in the beginning. So uh, glad to hear he's on the right side of injury now and just able to really help this defense. Oh, yeah. Brandon Williams, uh, just night and day between how he was playing earlier in the year and now. Uh, he's been a huge part of this run defense recently. And Matabuke is just so much fun to watch. I, it's going to be really fun seeing that guy grow in his career here with the Ravens. They, he's a beast. He's had a, also had a slow start to the year, but um, just week in and week out now is a guy the Ravens can really trust. And he's living up to his expectations in a big way. Well, I think we should uh, transition over to the offense now. Kind of talk about this game that Tyler Huntley had. We've been alluding to it. Fantasy's number one quarterback this week. I'm sure everyone saw that one coming. Incredible, man. Um, I mean, he's been, dude, he's been great. Uh, we talked about it last week when he started playing. I mean, I said I was super impressed for what we got from him. I mean, he looked so much better than he did against the Bears, in my opinion. I thought he was a little bit uncomfortable. I mean, he, he played well, and I think everybody was saying he played with poise and, you know, didn't let the situation get too big, but I didn't think he was, like, that great. But, I mean, this game, like, score 30 points against the Packers in a, you know, in a, in a really tight game and you know, just play incredible. I mean, he threw for two touchdowns to Mark Andrews. He ran for two touchdowns I mean, I, I talked about this last week, man. It's just like, I, I felt like, you know, even with Tyrod Taylor and some of the other backups that we've had, like everybody said they were great backups and, you know, great situation, things like that. Tyler Huntley is, is better at this point. Like, he is close to starter caliber material at this point. I mean, you know, it, he's just been playing incredible. I, I, you know, I'd really love to have these two wins in the last two weeks, but I mean... Gosh, I mean, if he keeps playing this way, if, you know, knock on wood, hopefully Lamar gets healthy and is able to play and continue to play as as we know him to be able to play, not the the middling Lamar we've seen the last couple of weeks. But if Hundley has to keep playing like this, like, I have full confidence in him. I mean, I, I think the Ravens do. I think everybody should because, I mean, he's continuing to perform. He's he's making throws on time. He's being efficient with the football. He improved this week not having a single fumble which is huge because the week before he had a few earlier up and on the game. I mean, he just continues to get better and better, and I'm, I'm really excited about him. Yeah, Huntley right now, um, we said it going into this game. When he isn't out there uh, thinking too much, he's got confidence in what he's doing, and he just plays football, he's an excellent backup. He's honestly likely one of the best backups in the league, and he just needed the game to slow down for him. And that seems what's to, to be what has happened the past two weeks. Now, I will say, I do hope Lamar gets back quickly because while Huntley has looked great these past two games, uh, there's clearly some holes in his game that with some more tape on him, I think defenses might start to take advantage of. The guy stares down his targets uh, 
way too often. I did see some plays where he was going through his progressions, but that's something that he'll need to improve on. Common for a young quarterback, uh, so I think you know there's a chance for him to improve there. Also, credit to Greg Roman for uh, really keeping the, the throws into the short, intermediate passing game for Huntley. Uh, he did try at least another deep ball at one point to Marquise Brown. I don't really think the Ravens had him throw any passes over 25 yards to what I can remember aside from that one play. His timing on those throws is still pretty much his weakest uh, point of his game right now. So if teams catch on to that and start taking away the short intermediate game and and just dare the Ravens to throw deep with him, um, I think the Ravens could run into some issues there. But what you like about Huntley is the same thing you like about Lamar is you see improvement every time this guy steps out on the field. Uh, the turnovers were a big question mark in the preseason. He had some issues with turnovers. Obviously, he had issues with turnovers against Chicago and Cleveland, and that was the talk of, of about Huntley. Everyone who follows the Ravens, the common refrain with him was, this guy's got talent, but he's way too loose with the football. Comes a Sunday, like Patrick was saying, Packers here are an opportunistic defense. You would have expected... Huntley to have some issues with that, maybe a fumble or an interception. He held the ball, uh, took care of the football the entire game. You got to love that. You got to love that improvement. You know, so while I'm saying, yeah, sure, there's some holes in this guy's game, uh, I think what we have to look at it is this is a guy who is studying what he needs to fix with his game, and we're seeing some improvement from it. So that's a positive. But at the same time, hopefully we can get Lamar back quickly because. It's great to have a great backup quarterback, and I think you can. I, you're hearing some people get defensive where if people are talking up Huntley too much, they're making it sound like there's a quarterback controversy. There's no quarterback controversy. Lamar Jackson is the quarterback for this team. Lamar Jackson is a more talented quarterback than Huntley, but you know if the Ravens have to go a couple more weeks with Huntley, I, I think we can still feel confident that you can win with this guy. For sure, I think he's the best backup in the league. I'd be willing to go on that on that limb. And also, I saw on Twitter, this is, this cracks me up, would you rather have your franchise quarterback be Tyler Huntley or Zach Wilson? Tyler Huntley with over double the votes of Zach Wilson. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah, well. I mean, <laughs> undrafted versus second pick overall. And uh, yeah, I think the kid's playing super duper well. And I find it curious that Roman calls such a good game for the quarterbacks he trusts the least, right? Like when Huntley's in there, he, he makes this very methodical game plan and it seems to be working really well uh obviously huntley gets credit too for being very decisive with the ball which kind of plays into what peter's saying like he kind of knows where he wants to go with a lot of these plays and that could be exploited but he's also i mean he's he's making good decisions when he does throw the ball and i mean obviously he has that leg factor too he can run super duper well and i think that's another thing that kind of was missed on that two-point conversion is that if you spread them out and maybe attack the middle of the field, you might have an opportunity for Tyler to run for it. Uh, We know that the Packers have an issue with mobile quarterbacks. We saw it last week with Fields, and we were warned about it by uh, Caleb in the preview. Like, that's an Achilles heel there. So I guess overall, man, like, you got this guy who fills in really well. I think he'll be a star in this league. I think he'll find a way off the roster eventually. I don't think we'll trade him. I don't think it's actually really worth it for the Ravens to trade him, honestly. I think he's a very valuable for the Ravens to have around. But uh, when the time, the time comes for him to, you know, be a starter somewhere, I think he's going to get a chance for sure. 
I could see like a three-year prove-it deal uh, where you can get out of it after like a year or something. But uh, I think I think he could make some really good money and and maybe prove himself to be a, a baller in this league. You know what's so crazy is the Ravens, as we know, had such a hard time finding anyone to even be a serviceable quarterback. You know, between Trent Dilfer and Joe Flacco, you had one year in there of a beat up Steve McNair, who who was a shell of himself as the best quarterback you could have there. But then after you know they drafted Flacco and you know Super Bowl MVP, drafted Lamar Jackson, he's doing great. And then in between that, you also had six round pick Derek Anderson, who at least made a Pro Bowl and had one good year for Cleveland, almost got into playoffs. Tyrod Taylor, serviceable uh, starting quarterback in this league. And they found Tyler Huntley, and they didn't draft him, but it's undrafted free agent. That still counts, in my mind, as homegrown product. Yeah, and they were calling him. They're turning to QBU over here. (laughs) (laughs) They read Bullock's book. (laughs) All they need to do is get rid of the self-proclaimed quarterback whisperer. We know that only one of those quarterbacks is truly elite, and that's Joe Flacco. Oh, exactly. (laughs) Joe Flacco is is the ball. No, like you, Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) You know, know, Patrick's going to... advocate for the the Packers to go pick up uh Mr. Huntley. He's going to go get Huntley over Love. No, what what I will what I will advocate up for is the the best backup quarterback in the league is Mr. Jordan Love. I mean, let's give the man some credit. Uh but it actually is really disappointing seeing Huntley being an undrafted free agent, uh, rookie free agent and uh Jordan Love of course being a first round pick who hasn't done nearly as well. Uh so that's a little bit disheartening, but um yeah, I, th- I thought the game was interesting from a defensive perspective for the Packers because I think the scheme was more for Lamar's type of running than a Hundley type of runner, whereas Lamar's much more north-south with his runners where he'll find a way through his guards and just sneak upfield. We-, we can't contain quarterbacks for-, for any amount of time, given our past history, like you said, uh, even dating back to the Kaepernick days of him running all over us for like two consecutive championship games. Um so, yeah, that's certainly an Achilles heel of ours, but I, I think that it was tough kind of prepping for Lamar's unique type of running and then having Hunley run a completely different type of way in the game. Yeah. Well, actually, that's interesting you brought that up, Patrick, because that was one thing I wanted to uh, kind of go against Alec for a second here. But because uh, Alec has already made a comment earlier about how Roman seems to kind of call these games differently for, for Hunley. I don't think that's true. I think it's the same offense. I think the biggest reason that you're seeing a difference here is that Hundley is more, has been more decisive with his throws. And so that overall, the offense has been better. Lamar's just the last couple of weeks, like I said, he's been middling, right? He's just, he's been holding on to the ball too long, trying to look for the big play and ending up, you know, either throwing the ball away, taking sacks or just making poor decisions, right? I think Huntley has stepped in and started to make those good decisions and the offense has been clicking again, right? Um, and I think the one other really big thing that the Ravens did really well today, and I think part of that I want to put on Huntley a little bit, is the tackles I thought were really great. I mean, the Packers coming in have a really good defense, and they can generate some pressure with the guys that they have. Um, I know Kenny Clark was out, and so that was a big thing. He's been uh, playing pretty well for you guys at defensive tackle, but um, there were no sacks, to my knowledge. Villanueva looked pretty good. Uh, Phillips was okay for a little bit. He got out, and then we had our guy, uh, David Sharp, come in. I thought he looked incredible. I mean, I saw him mirroring some guys and just, you know, providing a good pass protection the whole game while he was in. I'm like, why is this guy behind Phillips? He looks incredible. So, I mean, kudos to those guys for just 
playing really well, I think, overall for that game. I mean, if, if they continue to play that well for the next three weeks and Lamar's able to come back, I mean, pff, watch out. Like I will say this uh, before I go and talk about the line. Uh, Huntley also didn't think he got sacked, but he did. He got sacked once. He, th- he said the same thing in the presser. He's like, I was didn't get sacked, the, did I? It was a zero yard. It was a zero <laughs> yard one. It was, like, it was like technically for four yards, but yeah. Um, I It was on a scramble, I think. So it was one of those subjective ones. One of the debatable um, ones. I got you. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, the the thing I'll say, I think the offense is a little different, and the reason I'll say that is you're not seeing the deep passes. Like we said, Huntley hasn't thrown a pass longer than 30 yards, um, air yards. But it could be a chicken and egg problem where the offense was realizing we didn't have the pass pro to really make these plays develop, and we're starting to change the offense, and just Lamar hasn't been there to, to see it, right? So... We'll see uh, next week, probably, if Lamar plays, like, what's going on with this play calling. But uh, I hear you, man. And if we talk about the offensive line, not only did Sharp play well and Villanueva had one of his best games as a Raven, but we had the Cleveland show with Powers Hurt, and he played quite well. And now everyone's saying that he needs to stay in there. (laughs) So we'll see what happens uh, going forward. But it was definitely promising to see him have a good result. Yeah, he looks solid. Um, I think definitely some concerns about his athleticism were uh, definitely on display as well. But ultimately, yeah, this unit did an incredible job uh, against the Packers defense. It was definitely one of the best we've seen this unit all year. And it wasn't just in the pass protection blocking. Uh, We saw from a rushing perspective, Latavius Murray had some really good carries in this game. Uh, that was something that the Ravens had a lot of success with that we really haven't seen much in weeks past. Only seven carries from Murray, but 48 yards. I mean, the Murray we've seen for most of this year, he would need four times his amount of those carries to get that same yardage. So that was uh, another uh, bright spot there for the offensive line that hopefully can continue. Yeah. I mean, whoever's running the ball, man, as long as they're running it and, you know, averaging over <laughs> four yards a carry, like, <laughs> I don't, it really doesn't matter at this point. Um, but yeah, definitely a good bounce back game for Murray. I mean, he's been kind of uh, silent ever since his injury earlier in the season uh, with Devontae Freeman getting most of the carries here. But I think it's a good idea, though, right? I mean, we know, at this point, like, I don't think Tyson's season is going to happen, uh, you know. Uh, we didn't talk about it, but McCrary was also on the COVID list, so it was not uh, McCrary's season either. So, yeah, Freeman was basically the only other running back besides Murray that was healthy and available. I think I need to spread the load a little bit more <laughs> to try to keep these guys healthy for the long term. So uh, it was good to see Murray involved again and being productive, obviously. Yeah, Tyson's season was canceled after a uh, pilot episode that was well-received by the fan base, but... Uh... <laughs> The subsequent episodes just really fell off quick and uh, management decided not to extend it for a full season. <laughs> Have you recovered from that yet? I'll never recover. Still sobbing yourself to sleep every night? <laughs> I, 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 I do a prayer for Tyson Williams every night being like, hey man, you can do it. You'll be the guy. Uh, no, I don't know what happened there. Well, I think definitely before we finish up talking about the offense, we certainly have to discuss another week, another monster game from Mark Andrews. Uh, 10 catches on 13 targets, 136 yards, two touchdowns. The Packers just had no answer for this guy. I don't know who number 26 is on the Packers, but he seemed to be taking the brunt of the force uh, there. 
Huntley was able to hit Andrews in stride, obviously, on some plays. He obviously had that big 44-yarder on the first drive that uh, set the Ravens up in good position on offense. This guy has just taken an, another level. He's just taken his game out to another level this year. We're seeing the drops that was a criticism of his much less this year. Uh, the past two games, he's just been incredible. 21 catches on 24 targets. That's just incredible, especially considering a majority of those uh, passes were from your backup quarterback. He's not hurtling anymore, thankfully. We, he's, uh, the coaching staff has finally talked him out of that. Maybe it's because Boyle hasn't been around. Boyle hasn't been around this year to, to talk in his ear to do that. But, I mean, I, I think, you know, I said after the Indianapolis Colts game that Mark Andrews had stepped up to an, his game up to another level and, and kind of, you know, had become the, this all-pro tight end that we'd seen flashes of, arguably a lot of times against poor competition. But this year, it doesn't matter if, it's, if he's playing a tough defense or a soft defense. He's getting his catches. He's getting yards, uh, touchdowns. He went over 1,000 yards this game, which is the first time in Ravens franchise history, believe it or not, considering how many great tight ends the Ravens have had. Uh, to have a thousand yard season, and it's not even from the the seventeen game season because we still got three w- weeks to go. So I mean, it's just incredible the Ravens got this guy for a third round pick, and just you know he struggled in training camp that year and didn't have a great preseason until the last game of the season. I don't know what more can you say about the guy. He's he's just something you look at and you're just like, thank God the Ravens extended him before he blew up because that price tag would just skyrocket if they hadn't done that before. And he's just, he's incredible, man. He's incredible. Yeah, they beat up on uh, Darnell Savage, who uh, is actually out of Maryland. He was a first round pick for them back in 2019. So that was Mr. 26 that got uh, beat up by Mr. Andrews. But yeah, huge game for him. He's a beast. Yeah, I mean, that's <clears throat> that's been one of the other Packers uh, Achilles heels. Big tight ends. Greg Kittle lit us up earlier in the season, too. I mean, it's just hard to defend a 6'5", 250 dude that runs a 4'6". I mean, like, no defenders in the league short of maybe Isaiah Simmons is even athletically able to do that. And I think that's that's kind of the limitation of the Packers defense right now more than anything. I mean, you mentioned Kenny Clark being out, and KC's probably our best player in our defense, not named Jai Alexander, who's also been out for the entire season, basically. So, yeah, I mean, what do you do against that guy? You can't you can't throw a linebacker on him. He's too big. He's too fast. You can't throw a safety on him. He's too quick. Like, it's almost just a cheat code, man. Uh, these, these these tight ends are crazy. Him, Waller, Kittle. It's just a new breed. Yeah, he's got a. He's definitely got to continue that. Uh, continue that streak, man. For the next three weeks, uh, it'd be awesome to see him continue that and, and be able to carry us through a couple of these wins. I mean, he's basically at this point man i mean everybody's stepping up and and do whatever you know whatever they can to win the game um i think andrews is definitely providing more of his fair share and trying to really will i think the rest of the team to a win two touchdowns on the day i think really kind of showed that but uh yeah i'm hoping he continues it and and some of the other guys as well one other (laughs) one other thing i don't know if you guys noticed but marquise brown had the same number of receptions as mark andrews and seemed like they all came on that last drive um, which is rather unfortunate uh, that it takes so long for uh, coaching staff sometimes to realize that we have this guy. Overall, not as good of a day. Uh, 10 catches for 43 yards. That's not the best. <laughs> but um, gosh, I've, again, I hope Lamar comes back healthy and is able to recreate some of the magic he had with Marquise earlier in the season because uh, we could use him as well in addition to Mark Andrews. I think that would really unlock this offense. 
I think that was largely a scripting thing where it's just like, let's, let's throw it short with Hundley and get the yards. But I give, give a lot of credit to Eric Stokes or a rookie cornerback who was on Hollywood pretty much the entire game. I mean, he, he's one of the faster cornerbacks in the league as well. So him on, on Hollywood was a natural fit. And he did great. I mean, he had a couple of pass breakups. He was managing yeah. to get a couple of open field tackles on him, which is certainly not easy. So I think uh, a lot needs to be said about that young man. He's, he's certainly blown up this year with uh, our cornerback room. That was certainly much more in flux earlier this season. Yeah, great point. Well, I think uh, before we wrap up the episode, it's worth talking about some moral victories. Obviously, we all just talked about the highlight that was Mark Andrews and Tyler Huntley. But uh, I have to give mine to Tylen Walsey. Walsey. <laughs> Tylen uh, Eventually became Wallace. He got his first catch and he dug into the meme of his jersey uh, nameplate being incorrect and lacking the second A in his name. Uh, they tacked it on near the end of the game. <laughs> <laughs> but uh man the guy's been balling out on special teams and with the injuries that happened uh duvernay got a little banged up in this game so we'll see if he's able to come back and play next week but he got an opportunity along with Prochet to catch some balls and got his first catch and that was pretty cool uh, i think my moral victory award goes this week ironically to uh haters of analytics it's just like when Lamar got hurt two weeks ago. Uh, everyone who had their see Lamar running quarterbacks get hurt article uh, from two years ago when Lamar started taking over the league got to pu- publish it and say, ha ha, despite the fact that obviously that was a play that happened in the pocket and had nothing to do with Lamar running. Same thing here. I mean, analytics has been something that a lot of, I feel like a lot of the old guard in not just football, but any sport as it's going into pretty much every sport now um, is something that's seeing a higher and higher presence and people who are uh, more of the classical sense and been around the leagues for a while kind of I feel like they kind of look at it and just like well that's not how we used to do things so it it doesn't work because that's not how we learned how the game works so plenty of people in that camp are getting a lot of fun writing up articles about how or having hot takes on radio about how analytics don't work because the Ravens were not able to win on Sunday. But I think overall, on the long haul, the Ravens are correct to be taking this approach. Honestly, we didn't talk about it, but you look earlier in the season, the Ravens benefited from uh, calls that seemed to the naked eye, maybe they were risky. But uh, against Kansas City, Detroit, Indianapolis, they made several calls there that uh, were sided, analytics sided with. And had just as much risk as the plays that the Ravens ran against Green Bay this week. So, yeah, if you hate analytics, uh, have your fun right now. But long term, I think it's the good move and the correct move uh, for the Ravens as that's the future of the game. Good point. I'll wrap up uh, Tyler Huntley for me. I'm struggling to think of some other guys. I mean, like we talked about earlier, I mean, we have a lot of worthy names, I think, here uh, Gino Stone, Brandon Stevens, Devin Duvernay, uh, David Sharp, you know, Villanueva. There were a lot of, I think, good performances from a lot of players who, you know, don't ordinarily have the spotlight on them. Um, and for me, I mean, Cyril Huntley, I think it was a, a logical choice. Of, yeah, he just continues to play incredible. Um, really, really happy um, from his performance as a backup quarterback. It's It's been one of the He's been one of the better backup quarterbacks that I've ever remember seeing, to be honest. And uh, I'm hoping Lamar is able to come back next week healthy and continue to ball out like he was earlier in the season. 
But if not, man, uh, we'll ride with Huntley as far as we can and, and hope to continue to, to make it to the playoffs. Cool. Well, thank you, Patrick, for joining us to talk about this game. Uh, congrats to your team on winning. Good luck in the rest of your season and in the playoffs. We hope to see you one more time. Thanks, guys. Yeah, hopefully we uh, get to get, do this again in February. Uh, go Pack Go. <laughs> That'd be too fun for all involved. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for listening. You can find us Ravens underscore recap on Twitter or email us feedback at ravensrecap.com. We've got one of your favorite guests coming up, Justin, to do an overview of the Bengals team in a must win game for the Ravens. You can't hear it, but I'm jingling my lost token bag right now. And we're all out, baby. <laughs> Let's go win. <laughs>